last weekend, um, we sent a, a team, uh, and I took a team to Maastricht in, in Holland to do a conference there. Um, and Tim took a team down to Carlisle, and then there was a, a team went in the evening to the Rock Church in Dumbarton as well. So we were sending people out uh, over the last weekend, and, and that is increasingly going to happen to us. And it's a good thing because what you get to increase what you give away. And God's given us some good things. We don't have everything, which is good. We need other people's input, but we do. God has given us some great riches from His storehouse, and we want to share them with other people. And that's going to be. We're going to get pulled on more, so I think we should just celebrate that is amazing and wonderful. Uh, so I've asked Tim just to say a, a few lines about what happened Sunday morning, Carlisle. Are you going to hold it? No, 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 you yes. get to hold it. <laughs> I'm concerned at how long I'm speaking. Sorry if the notice before was too long. Um, yeah, we went down south to England, and I have preached quite a few times in my home church. It's also Robin's church. Um, over there we're both from that and it's been a church which has gone through a really really hard time over the last year um, and they come from the much more kind of traditional and from brethren roots um, so not really like hope church that much uh, but they they wanted me to come down they also let me bring down Steve Perkins JL Chris to lead worship so um, Steve led worship absolutely amazingly and really sensitively and uh, it was just so well received by everyone you could just well I I was going to say you could tell people were really worshipping, but I have no idea because I was just like at the front lost in it. But I was worshipping, I was loving it, and I uh, assume that <laughs> many others were um, from what was said afterwards. And then I, uh, I got to speak on the Father Heart, so it was on the Apostles' Creed, and it was the first sermon on it, so it was We Believe in God, the Father Almighty. Um, so Brilliant. it was just an amazing experience to be able to preach a sermon of just like pure grace of how Fa Father God's our dad, and he just loves to pour out his love and affirmation and affections upon us uh, as sons, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've come from, um, or even what we're going to do. He loves us as we are right now in the moment. And um, <clears throat> it was just like, it was amazing to just be able to speak on that and have it so well received by so many like, people. The main thing that came from it, me, like loads of people said, it was just a massive breath of fresh air and just so refreshing. And it was almost like this kind of there's just been this atmosphere when I've been in the church at the moment and since like this bad thing happened where there's just been this kind of deadness and this dryness uh, and it was just amazing to be able to really bless it with, um, with what I've got from Hope and with some other guys from Hope to come and uh, they want us to come back and lead their youth group, uh, the worship at their youth group for a weekend so that's going to be amazing and like the guy who's speaking on that is from a vineyard church and he's talking on uh, the the God's, like Jesus' prayer, and so God the Father a lot again, so like we're just blitzing those kids with the Father's love, uh, and it's really, really good. Great stuff, thanks. <laughs> so Matt, 15 years, he was on drugs to help him sleep, just the, we just saw the pain drain out of his body at the front here several weeks ago, just amazing, amazing, amazing. God is better than you think, and he's, and he's after you with his goodness this morning. Um, I just think we're going to have a goodness encounter, a godness encounter, a love encounter, a grace encounter, a fire encounter, a water bomb encounter. Anybody up for any of those things sound good to you? <laughs> it's so good. Ah. Uh, it's just, it's just the best fun in the world being set free with dad stuff. Uh, so I took a team and we joined up with Julian Adams and a small team as well from, from Bedford King's Arms. And Julian was with us back in October, if you remember that. We had an amazing, wonderful weekend of encounter and great teaching. And uh, we saw healings again that weekend and we've been seeing them pretty continuously now guys two and a half years I wonder when this is going to stop never it's not meant to stop um, so we went and my team was Carissa and Jan which was just so good uh, and we kind of came together with Julian's team and on, on Julian's team there's a, a lass who was with us uh, 
on his team called Joy, and Jan and Joy are kind of a joy explosion. <laughs> I mean, Jan's a joy explosion on her own, but put Joy and Jan together, and between them, they kept the whole team in kind of Holy Spirit intoxication all weekend, basically. So if we weren't in a meeting, we were kind of just encountering him, having fun, enjoying his presence. So I'm going to ask them to share things that they saw God do over the weekend. They were, they were very courageous, uh, and they're both just, just such a delight to work with. So I want to commend them for that. So go on, who's going to go first? Uh, you've got other stories to tell yeah, as well. I might tell them first. Um, yeah. So just a quick update. Quite a while ago, I shared about praying for a woman at the checkout in Asda with rosacea on her face. And if you don't know the story, come and ask me um, later and I'll tell you. Um, so before we went to Maastricht, um, we, we nipped into Asda the night before. So um, a week past on Wednesday, Chris and I, and we saw the lady working. So we queued up to her till because I just wanted to find out what had happened, um, you know, see how she was. And when I got there, um, both of her eyes were completely white. Now before, one eyeball was completely red and it looked like it was bleeding. So her eyes were really clear and I just said, you know, like, what's happened? And she said, well, you know, as you can see, my eyes are clear and my skin is doing a little better. She only had two small red marks on either cheek and she said so thanks so much it worked <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was just really excited she got she was really blessed <laughs> and then Susie and I uh, were out with some of my friends last night and um, whilst we were talking um, my cousin was there and he was just talking about like being healed or God healing people and at that moment my friend suddenly remembered that she's forgotten um, completely that about five or six months ago, I was at her house and she was having real problems with carpal tunnel. Um, and what would happen was in the night, she would um, basically wake up four or five times every night. Um, and this was from about the age of 21 and she's now 30. And basically she would have to shake her hand to get the blood to flow back into her hand because the, the circulation would sort of cut off uh, down her middle finger and it was really painful. So I, at the time, had just prayed for her, you know, when I was in her house, never thought any more of it, nor, nor had she. Um, on the night after I'd prayed, she went to her bed and was woken up and she just thought at the time, oh, well, it didn't work, you know, never worked. And then I'd completely forgotten about it until last night when she was like, hey, I don't have that anymore. <laughs> so the, after that one time, when, on the night after I prayed, she's never had it since, and that was five or six months ago, completely healed. <laughs> it was so funny. I was just like, what? wow. I was like so shocked. Not that I didn't believe God could heal, but just because so many months had passed, it was really funny. So Susie and I were very amused. Um, so Maastricht, um, I think just some... I'll just share two quick stories of uh, just the way God moved um, and what I saw happen. But I think what, just in terms of what happened, I've never seen God move so much, like his power just be poured out so vastly over so many people as, at the same time ever before in my whole life. Um, we did a, a fire tunnel um, or an impartation tunnel on Saturday night, which was the end of the conference. And... I don't actually think there was anyone standing uh, by the end of it. Um, everyone just got impacted and touched by the power of God. And I've never seen like God's power like blast people <laughs> quite like it before. So I was kind of like, <laughs> I was a wee bit like, oh my goodness. One guy, um, basically the power of God hit him so dramatically that it looked like his feet had been swiped from under him and he landed on the floor and everyone who was meant to catch him completely missed catching him. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, God just was like moving all over people, which was really exciting. So uh, I shared a story on Wednesday at FSS uh, for people who were there. So sorry if you're hearing it again, but it's a great story. Um, so this one woman, uh, Andy spoke on the Father Heart of God. And then the ministry team, which were kind of the rest of us, um, Carissa and the other guys from Bedford, we were just there to hug people. And so I um, hugged this one lady and then this other one came up and she stood in front of me and I've never, like she was really sad and she just stood in front of me like this. 
And I thought, oh my goodness, how on earth am I going to hug that? Like, <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> I, so I kind of like got my body under hers, you know, propped her head on my shoulder and I just, I just hugged her and I just sort of stood there. I was like, I just closed my eyes, enjoyed the moment, didn't even pray or anything, just, you know, had a hug. And um, then she just started sobbing and she cried and cried and cried and it went on for quite a long time. And then she sort of calmed down a bit and she started crying again. And I realized that uh, I was like, gosh, I can feel wet on my skin. She'd gone through like <laughs> my jumper and my top. Um, and she just was like, um, just really, God was really touching her. And and then, um, so I, I kind of tidied up her face, got some hankies and she got rid of her mascara and her tears. And, and then it was almost like in an instant, the power of God just hit her and she was instantly drunk and laughing and she couldn't, I mean, she was like rolling around the place down the front of the meeting. We're trying to hold on to her because she was going to fall over. And in the space of about 15 minutes, I watched this woman be utterly transformed. Um, her whole face changed. She was smiling. Her eyes were bright. Um, she was standing tall. And such was the transformation in her that her next door neighbor, neighbor noticed the difference and asked to come to church with her on the Sunday because she was so changed. So God, is this amazing? So you tell them a little bit of what she'd seen then. Yeah, okay, so she um, had, her story came out um, through an interpreter the next day, she didn't have any English. Um, so she came to give me a thank you card and a wee present and basically what had happened was her sister had been really badly burned and both of her sons, so the sister's sons I think it was rather than her own sons, um, had both committed suicide um, and her, I think her sister or she had been abused as a child and her husband um, had been an alcoholic before he got saved and completely freed uh, from his addiction which is amazing but she'd had a real history of just horrendous trauma in her life and she just was completely um, set free which is so exciting um, and other stories in the in the hope speaks just what um I, I put a wee story in there about a girl that we prophesied over which was great um and then i'll probably hand over i think i'm done So my two favorite stories, I've already shared at FSS, but um, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> so on Friday night, um, Julian had each of the team members give one word of knowledge, and I was feeling kind of foolish because I was standing up there, and I just had a word of knowledge, but I thought it was a dumb one. I don't know why. So <laughs> I finally just gave it, and it was like um, pain from the knee down due to an injury that hadn't healed properly. Um, so... I gave this word and two people came up. One man had been in a car accident several years before and his knee was shattered to pieces and they couldn't do anything to recover it and he showed me scars where he'd had surgeries for other things on his leg. Um, and we pray I was praying for him and then the pastor of the church in Maastricht came over and prayed with him as well. And he kind of like got overwhelmed by the spirit and like staggered to the side. So the pastor went with him and I was, there was another lady like waiting right near me to get prayer. So I started praying for her and then I, could see the other guy out of the corner of my eye and he started like kneeling down and standing up and jumping and then the pastor had him run so he was running laps around the inside of the sanctuary and his knee got completely healed no more pain come on <laughs> and then the lady that I was praying for as he was running laps um she had had problem in her knee and her doctor said that she had to have surgery but he wasn't sure if it would do any good or not but she had to have it and so she's like I didn't really want a surgery so we prayed for her and then she was like feeling her knee and she knelt down stood up knelt down stood up and she, all of her pain left and her knee got completely healed and for the rest of the weekend it was perfect so it was great <laughs> And I think my last story is just about um, the Saturday evening during worship. God's presence was really heavy. And there was, um, like, I started feeling wind, like, across my face. And I, I got a picture of, like, a whirlwind thing kind of, like, dancing around. And I was like, okay. But I thought there was a draft. So I was sitting on the back on the floor near a door that went outside. So I was kind of, like, putting my hand under the door, putting my hand along the side of the door. I'm like, 
no, there doesn't seem to be. And then Julian got up and said, people, there's people in here sensing angels like winds, if that's you, come up. And there was about 10 or 15 of us. And I was like, I'm not crazy. And I went, <laughs> went to the front. But it was just like, it was just really powerful. Like the whole night was just like God's presence just came and sat on everyone. And so there's a bunch of us that just kind of sat on the side of the stage in the front during the whole rest of the meeting. But it was really good. It was. Hope Church, you, you're packing some good stuff. And uh, you, sometimes you only realize what you have when you go somewhere, someone's home or someone else's church, and you start giving it away to people. And you think, ooh, ooh this, is, this is fun, and God's doing some amazing things. So <clears throat> I, I thought it was an outstanding weekend. And just to explain, we did what Julian called, he'd never done it before, he called it an inside-out fire tunnel, which, you know, some of you in the room don't know what a fire tunnel is, some of you know no idea what an inside-out one is. Anyway, what it is, is two rows of, everybody in the room made a tunnel, so they faced one another, and then he and I walked through the tunnel, imparting to people the, the, the blessing and presence and favor of God. And uh, uh, like Jan said, uh, I don't think it was in the methodology, it just was, well, I think, visibly 80% of the people were touched, like Jan said, most of them were ended up just out of it, and uh, the team was supposed to be keeping up with us and, you know, catching, and that never really worked. Um, <laughs> not because they were poor, <laughs> it's just because you just couldn't keep up, people were just being impacted the whole church pretty much was impacted by God in a tangible feelable way it was amazing it was amazing so on the Sunday afternoon which is when they meet I was asking for how many of you here felt God powerfully this weekend and I would say 75 80 percent of the hands went up straight away and probably others just hadn't been at the conference looking around the room how many of you have experienced a spiritual change emotional shift over this weekend, uh, I would say 60% of the hands went up, and then we just got people, <coughs> I was also trying to teach them to celebrate what God was doing, which is what we're doing right now, they, it was a bit of a new thing to them, I said, come on, we're going to celebrate every, everything that God has touched, every person who's just experienced something, and then we got like partial healing, so let's celebrate where people are feeling much freer, or they can't guarantee it's all the way there, um, and that was so good. Uh, we pray, Chris and I pray for a woman who had scoliosis. You could see her spine was, you could see her hips were out like this. Um, right at the end of the Saturday night, and, and we went to pray for her, and she also said she had MS. And we prayed, and wow, she, it was like she was put in Holy Spirit anesthetic, one of them. Anesthetic, that's the word. And the next day she testified to feeling much better, her back was much straighter, but some of these things, you know, you want to give solid testimony, don't you, that people can totally check out. Uh, we saw on the Saturday night, a woman, 25 years of arthritic back problems, just got completely freed up, all her movement return and all her, uh, all her pain disappear, and she's moving around. Yeah, come on. Woo! We, uh, there was a guy on the sand desk, I think it was Whiplash, wasn't it? He had a, a, which had given him neck and shoulder pain. That disappeared on Saturday night. We had another lady who got healed of acid reflux. I can't remember when we, when, when we did that, when God did that and we prayed. Um, but she'd eaten the stuff that normally gave her this sort of reflux. She'd been testing it out all weekend, so she testified that tomatoes no longer gave her acid and all this kind of stuff so that was really cool and um, we in that then in that meeting where I was just kind of saying look this is how you celebrate this this is now now you guys in the church you pray for now anybody here with a with a pain in their body and, and a lady at the back stood up and they gathered around her and, and actually she she'd had I talked to her after she'd had uh, neck and shoulder pain unrelenting for three years 
and they gathered round of the church and prayed and, and it went like that and she was like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, come on, that was good too. If you've had three years of neck and shoulder pain, you're excited. But what's good is it was releasing them into, into seeing them praying, them releasing uh, healing on people and it was doing them such, such good. So we were, we were overwhelmed, we were blessed. And the, 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 the Friday night at the start of the conference, you know, Julian does a lot more of these things than I do, and I've done one or two, but we were both amazed. We started at such a high level of impact right from the word go. You know, two people healed who Chris had prayed for, God breaking out on people right from the word go in a very powerful way. And, and we just felt it was like the effect of two teams coming together and, and God sort of honoring that and, and, and bringing together what we both uh, together carried. And that was so, so good. So thank you hope church because we represented you yeah. uh, you sent us yeah and this journey that we're on together that's some of the fruit of the fact that you're still sitting here going I don't understand all of this but this is good I'm still here uh, that means that people are getting healed and set free in Holland and amazing things are happening Freedom is breaking out in a traditional church in Carlisle and we're able to ex you know, distribute the favour of God all over the place in, in Asda and someone's home. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I'd really like to be in a church like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> and, and today I just wanted to... Uh, we want to do ministry um, time uh, at the end and, and just open up. God's already... I think there's faith in the room for a lot of healing. Just, you've just heard a story. If that comes anywhere close to anything you're suffering with, take it for yourself. Yeah. Just take it. Sorry, we had catchphrases over the weekend. <laughs> and take it was one of them. But you can, you can the point of a testimony, it, well, there's several points, but one is to give glory to God who's done such a great work, but it's not meant to end there. It speaks of what he is doing, which speaks of what he's always doing, which means it speaks of what he's about to do in you. Yeah. So someone who has had it means that had it happened to them is a big story and a big, a big statement from heaven that that same thing can happen for you. And uh, it, count yourself in, not out, is, is a really important message. So I just wanted to chat a little bit uh, before we do ministry about um, the kind of journey that, that I'm on, and, and I realize I, I have this, I'm slightly dual, there's two sides to me, and, and, and I can come across as, you know, I've got it sorted out, and yeah, here we go, and yet there's a, there is this vulnerable edge to who I am, but usually I get that all sorted out before a Sunday morning. Um, I, 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 but I think it's, I just felt, uh, our heavenly dad say, you've got to show your vulnerable side. It's going to help them. Uh, so I'm going to try. It's not easy. Um, uh, but just to help me, okay? Uh, let's read some Bible as well. So, <laughs> Well, this is hopefully for help you. I want us to read two scriptures, and I'll refer to some others, but we're on a journey because as a leadership we're on a journey and, and particularly for me I'm, I'm on a, a very exciting journey and it probably started about three years ago in its current phase but really I've been on this journey since I got saved where I just kind of woke up as a Christian not baptized in the spirit going there must be more to Christian life than reading my Bible and praying if God is this awesome spectacular being I should be able to experience him. I had no theology, no religious upbringing, but I had that thought stuck in my head uh, and pursued him till I had an encounter that I couldn't explain and that scared me. And that's kind of been a template for the rest of my Christian life. There's actually a lot in there. You know, I was after something I didn't quite know was out there, but thought ought to be. And, and I got my understanding after I had the encounter. Um, so I can remember in the late 70s 
getting intoxicated in the Holy Spirit so much that I was giggling. I was leaning against a wardrobe uh, and, and a bunch of friends, we were having a Holy Spirit time and I remember ending up giggling and sliding down the wardrobe and ending up on the floor. Now, I didn't know you couldn't do that in, in Christianity then. I was just kind of, didn't know that that was frowned upon in some circles. That was just, we sought God, he came and that's what happened. Uh, let's just look at the Bible. John 14, verse 12. You guys should have this memorized really by now. But we'll read it anyway. Um, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. <laughs> That's Jesus. And I, I've always believed that that meant greater things means greater things, not in number but in quality, impact stuff that's out of the box. Even Jesus left a, a limited number of examples of the display of God's power. Part of our, our commission is actually to exceed those limits. Wow. And that's been stuck there in the Bible my whole Christian life and frustrated me, really, because I'm not lived in it enough. But it's there, and it's a blank, if you like, it's a very simple statement, not a blank statement. It's a not... It's not couched in lots of terminology, neither is it couched in lots of conditions. Really, the only condition is that you believe and he's going to the Father. He's already gone to the Father and he's released faith to us. So it doesn't sound too hard. And go, go to Peter chapter 1 as well, if you would. quite possible when Jesus was walking around and Peter was there with the twelve that he was it's quite possible that he was illiterate it's quite possible he didn't write anything till much later and learn to actually write this letter and uh, this is his comment on what Jesus left them with <coughs> and verse 3 and 4 it says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Whoa. Through the promises we can participate in the divine nature, and I think I said the other week, that's both the communicable and the non-communicable. That's the things we can understand about God and the things we can't. All his nature is something we can partake in. And I, I love this little comment I found. He's, we've always meant to carry the divine image. That's the original intention. Jesus, in his death and resurrection, when we come to him, he resets the factory settings so that the divine nature can run on our hard drive. I'm going to say it again because it's good. When you come to Jesus, he resets your factory, so you're back to the factory original settings so the divine nature can run on you and in you. You're a carrier, you're a receiver, you're an enjoyer, I'm an enjoyer, of the actual undiluted nature of God. Heaven lives in me. And I am now wired for it to work be better in, uh, properly in me as it was always intended to. And I just want to read you a, a fresh translation of, don't, you don't need to look this up, Romans 1, I love this. Paul, passionately engaged by Jesus Christ, identified in him to represent, <coughs> represent him my mandate and my message is to announce the goodness of God to mankind. I love that. Our job, my job is just to keep telling you how good he is. That's what good news means. It's telling everybody that God's good. That wasn't always clear till Jesus came. He came to make it clear. The good news is God is good. He's not angry with you. He's not about to burn you. He wants to bless you. 
And before I get to preaching, deep down somewhere, I don't want, in reading these verses over the years and the things that happened, I'm left with this, I don't want to pass on uh, powerless Christianity to my kids, whether they're my natural ones or my spiritual, you know, I don't want to, when I pop my cods, clogs and go to be with him in glory, I don't want to be left with just a well-taught, happy community. I, I just will deep, be deeply unsatisfied. Um, even if there's, it's huge, and even if we've planted many communities like it, if I'm not leaving behind, when my time comes, people who know how to walk like Jesus walked and do what he did, I think I'll be very, very disappointed. And I'm not planning on being disappointed. Um, and I don't want to live any longer, really, persuaded that I'm not up to doing a miracle. And, and I have lived there. If I'm honest. You know, you, know, you can kind of read things, and you, well, you say the truth, but what we live from what's right in here. We live from in here. Jesus promised... <coughs> when we came to him, that rivers would flow from our innermost being. And I think that's because that's where you live from. You don't live from what you know in your head. You live from what's going on deep on the inside of you. And deep on the inside of me, I have thought, you know, I'm not really up to this miracle business. And I know that and God had to give me some encounters with him for me to get in touch with how poor my image was of me. Um, I did think that God did special things only through special leaders who somehow have a front row seat in God's kingdom and I never got a ticket. Uh, and it was, I think, our first trip to Bethel uh, and I think Nick thought, what on earth is going on with me? In the worship time on a Sunday night, I got taken up into a vision and all I could see was all these famous, you know, my kind of Christian heroes that, I've rated as anointed and amazing. And they were all right up near the throne. And there I was, just sort of in the, in, in the faded shadows some way off. And this persistent sense of that's how I saw myself. And God started to speak to me that he, he wanted to change that. That I was meant to stand there. Like we're all meant to stand yeah. there. Um, and the second time I went, I had uh, some other encounters and someone prophesied over me, you're a giant, not a mouse. Stop being a mouse. That's a whole realignment of my inner opinion. Um, I, and I think the other thing that happened is when you see so much in Scripture and you believe in the miraculous now, for me, I ended up, I started to feel guilty that I wasn't seeing it. And, and where do you go with that? You either, one place I went with it is it's because I'm not, I'm not being courageous enough. I'm not, I haven't fasted enough. You know, I haven't, <laughs> I've never managed a really long fast, if I'm absolutely honest. Um, do, do you know, it's there in the Bible, and it's not always happening in my life. Therefore, there's some, there's some inadequacy that can touch that insight. Well, I'm just telling you about me. All right, maybe you guys just like, don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. Um, or that my Heavenly Father was holding out either for a better person to do it with or a better time to do it in. I'm just trying to tell you my kind of... I am processing these thoughts and feelings over the last few years, along with many of you, I guess. Yeah? God, it's not happening. Well, it wasn't happening. Therefore, you must have a better person or a better place or a better time to do this with. Um, or I'm just never going to be good enough to do this. I've got all these amazing people and then there's me. I know church leaders aren't supposed to feel like this, but I, I tell you, many do. And, and, and I, I, definitely, I definitely did, and I still have mornings, particularly Sundays, when I wake up and I can feel all of these things all over again. And I'm in the shower this morning like, I'm not giving in to fear. No, you're not my friend. 
So for me, this is a journey out of smallness, inadequacy, and thinking God is like as other options other than me. That's perhaps another way to look at it. Um, and out of this sort of sense of inadequacy, um, out of smallness, out of s- settling for insignificance. You know, the, it, you know, I'm in my mid-50s now, and I've been wanting this for a long time, and there's a big temptation just to settle back and go, maybe it's just not for me. Just out of, I've been at this for so long, Bring the younger generation through, or, or do, do you understand? Oh, I don't know if I'm communicating that well, but th- there is a desire when you get to my stage of life to kind of sit on your achievements and 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 be blessed by what you've already got, and not be too fussed with discovering new things and lifting the lid. And you don't want to re-engineer your life at 54. You want to feel like. You've spent the last 30 years doing something really good and it's all absolutely sound and wonderful. You don't want to lift the lid on the engine and go, nah, not fit for purpose, let's put another one in. That's not what people do when they get to, 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 to my stage of life in general, unless you're just born crazy like me. Uh, but there's a temptation, a strong temptation to settle uh, that, that I, I've, I've had to encounter in my life. Um, plus the longer you've been alive the longer you have chance to be disappointed so I prayed for cancer people that died many I've had cancer in my own family I've had plenty of opportunity and I've carried lots of disappointment at lack of miracles and lack of breakthrough Um, so there's a whole bag of reasons to not go where we've been going that I have needed help with from my Heavenly Father and lots of friends. I think I didn't realize when I was kind of, my, this is about your inside conversation with you and the Lord. And um, when I was saying, well, it's maybe for someone else, it's, not just, it's just not me, this isn't what I do. You know, I've heard lots of us come out with that. I don't do this. this is, it's great for you, but it's not for me. You count yourself out. We, ha- we all have that language, or, or many of us do. I certainly did. Even if I didn't say it, I thought it. You know, which is kind of a summary of what these things lead to. Um, I didn't know that that language and that attitude, I didn't know that... It was wrong, actually. I thought I was exhibiting humility and some sort of keeping it real Christianity. You know, I don't want to get too hyped up. Really what I was saying is I don't want to get disappointed. So if I expect... Do you know, if you keep your expectations low, just keep them within the realms of human possibility, then God can't disappoint you. Um... But really what I've, what I've encountered is, what I was demonstrating is not some humility or wisdom, but just actually a poverty of my own heart. And I was saying, God's recreation of me was just a minor adjustment rather than a radical rebirth. He's reset me to factory settings. I was saying, oh, I've just downloaded the latest you know, upgrade of Windows, which, I, do you, you get those things that are always upgrading Windows, aren't they? And you think, it still looks the same as when I updated it last time. <laughs> All right, so, sometimes, and I was getting the mentality, well, you know, Christianity was a bit of an upgrade. No, 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 this is a complete rewire to factory settings so that the divine nature could run on my heart. Are, are you with me? We can shrink the transformation and shrink God. And I think I was making him small because I didn't believe he could transform and equip me. And so I removed myself from the provision he already made. 
But I was missing a few things. Isn't it great when you find out God is cleverer than you, smarter than all your reasons, um, and can overwhelm all your negative emotions? Ah. And I know some of you see me and you know, I'm, I'm falling on the floor. But do you know, I need that. I, I need encounters all the time because it's very easy to fall back into feeling, oh, it's you know, just me and you know, he's up there somewhere in heaven. Uh, I need to know he's here. I really, I need to feel him. Um, what I've been finding out is I didn't realize how strong his affections are for me, how overwhelming, how intense, how stored up, how long held, and how longed for I am. So sometimes when I'm having an encounter, is he giving me some great revelation? Not particularly, just getting a daddy hug. He's intensely affectionate for me. I found out. <laughs> My dad in heaven actually likes giving me hugs and filling me with his love and just being affectionate to me. And uh, I just love it. I could sit there for three hours just soaking in dad time. It's amazing. And sometimes you think, well, I should be getting these profound revelations. I am getting a profound revelation. My father in heaven loves me with intense affection. And it's changing my heart. Because there's a line in one of the songs we sing, my afflictions are being eclipsed by glory. Yeah. You don't care about afflictions when you had glory time. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, you say, God, why did all that happen? You know what, I don't care. <laughs> I don't actually even need a reason anymore. You get all kind of clogged up with all these regrets and stuff. And it's like, when you get a hymn all over you, it's like, I can't explain it. They just don't count that much any longer. My afflictions are being eclipsed by glory. My disappointments are being disappointed. <laughs> do, do, do you know, because disappointment leads you to expect less. I'm expecting more, so my, my disappointments are being overwhelmed by joy and hope. Why? Because I'm just encountering Dad. He's incredibly passionate for me. He's planned for me from eternity past. The Bible tells me that he, he delighted to choose me. And he still delights in me. I, I, I just, it's just overwhelming how much pleasure he takes in me. And, and this isn't because, this is true for all of you, you can just take this. this is, I'm just trying to make it, rather than preach it, I'm just trying to tell you what I'm walking through. Is that, is that all right? But you can have it all. This is, this is take it, absolutely. <laughs> You know, God has longed for me. My Heavenly Father has longed for intimacy with me. He's longed for me to open my heart up to Him at, at deeper levels. He's longed for the opportunity to express His love and care and affection and His passion for me. He's been steering my life so that He could get more of Him into more of me. He's, he's, he's absolutely committed to connection. <clears throat> you know what? I'm special. I found out. And this isn't some psychological stuff I'm coming out with. God spoke to me. I knew it was in the Bible, but it wasn't real for me. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. You know, I can take you to I can take you to Ephesians two, 
verse 10, which tells you that you are and I am his workmanship, literally means his poem or his work of art. But you need an encounter to know that you're special. You need an encounter that becomes real in your life. I'm an absolute work of art. He thinks I'm amazing. You know, God believes in you. We're often big on how do we get faith in God. Well, it's easy. When you know he believes in you, then you join in his faith. He actually trusts me. He said that to me. I'm like, wow, that's scary. I don't trust me as much as you do. But he does. He trusts you more than you trust yourself. I am unique by design. And he thinks I'm amazing. Huh. I, I had an encounter with God one day and I saw this bright light and I'm like, oh, here we go. It's a, you know, I'm going to see more of heaven. And he said, no, it's not that. I said, what is it? It's a star. I'm like, oh, cool. I like seeing stars. Yeah, it says it's your star. What do you mean? Now, this is just me and the father having a chat. He says, well, you know, I've got lots of them, so I name one after you. That may not do it for you, but he blew me away. <laughs> I'm like, wow. When you were hanging in the heavens, you thought about me and said, that's Andy's. I never realized how good he is. Uh, I thought that he was a bit harsh and was kind of wearing me down through trials in order to put some good character in me. <laughs> because basically my character was so lacking. Um, I don't believe it like, like that anymore. You say, well, what about the disciplines of the Lord? Yeah, yeah. I understand the discipline of God. But I don't look at him like that. He's not kind of making it as tough as possible to make me a man. That's not where he's coming from at all. I didn't realize how good he was and how much he wants to do me good and how much he wants to do good to me and do good through me. He wants to do good to you so he can do it through you. You know, if we think he's mean, we'll be mean. Yeah. Hello? You know, if we think he's harsh, we'll be harsh. And that's, look at church history. Yeah. God just worshipped, sometimes we worship the wrong God. Yeah. It's been so much not like what he is, it really isn't him at all. Oh, didn't realize you're so good. There is an enemy who's trying to steal every good thing God gives you. He's trying to destroy who you think you are, keep you as small and insignificant as possible in your own thinking. But it's not him. He's out to do you good. He's out to bless you. He's out to strengthen you. He's out to give you favor. Hmm. What type? But I know some of you struggle a bit with some of the words we're using, like release and activate and it's like new jargon oh no, it's not jargon it's only jargon if it's just a word that we're using instead of another word actually we're trying to find words to express things we're realizing 
I'm saying that because I didn't, I, I've been, I love to pray and I've prayed my whole Christian life, but I've been a beseecher and an asker and a requester. And that's okay, that's all in, that's in the Bible. But I'm, I'm on a massive journey to learn what it means that I have authorization and ability and power to release on earth what has already been released in heaven. And that is in the Bible. So I've asked, I, I represent a kingdom on the earth. So I'm not just here to ask God to do stuff. He's commissioned me to go release things, to go and implement, impart, and deliver stuff from him and for him. So actually, there are times when it's right for me to stand here, or right for me when I'm praying for you, not to say, Heavenly Father, will you bless us, but to release the blessing and the favor of heaven over you, because I know I carry it, and I know he's authorized me to say it. Yeah? And Jesus never asked the Father to heal anybody. I've looked and looked and looked. When he healed, he never prayed for the sick. <laughs> yeah, we say we're going to pray for the sick. He never prayed for the sick. Sometimes he only touched them and said nothing. And they got well. <laughs> you look at Peter's mother-in-law. I was trying to find, where did you pray for him? Where did you pray for her? And, and all it says is he kind of did that. And then she got up and served them and she was completely well. He doesn't command death to leave. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Life is always stronger than death. He, he declared stuff. That's what we're learning. We're learning to put releasing his language around declaration. And it came into being. Words create things. Words are powerful. Words release heaven on earth. And we, we are commissioned to do that. And I'm just realizing how significant I am in God's plan. You see, when you only pray prayers of request, really what I'm saying is, I don't really believe that I can release this stuff. I'm just kind of stand one step back and ask God to do it because it couldn't possibly happen through me. But the whole point is that it happens through you and me. That's the joy of this isn't that God just zaps people and not involving us. He's come, he's gone, come to do good through us. Yeah. You are his secret agent. Yeah. And you're not meant to stay secret. <laughs> My union with Jesus means I fully represent him in this life. And he expects me to do what he did because he's given me what he had. So I think sometimes he's a bit, I sometimes get the sense that he's looking at me a bit like, and you're not healing the sick today because? What? <laughs> you're not reaching out in faith because, what, what, what exactly is the difficulty here? Um, not, not in a kind of condemning way, just puzzled. Like, you know, well, I did it, I showed you how to do it, I've given you the same equipment I have, so, uh, uh, Help me out here, Andy, because something's, what's missing, <laughs> what's missing is that I've not kind of captured how, how good he is and all the amazing stuff he's given me. Sometimes I think I can be a bit like a guy who's just been given millions by a billionaire and then when someone comes up to me for 10 quid, I've got no, nothing on me. about it. The riches of his grace. I mean, it looks like something. It's not just some eternal floaty thing that you get on a harp and a cloud. The riches of his glory, of his grace have been released to us. He's wiped out all of our debt, given us all of his goodness. He's given me this incredible significance. He even thought enough about me to say, that's your star. And then someone comes to me and they need a bit of healing. Uh, mm, I think I'm out of change today. Tell you what, if God can use me, he can use anybody. Yeah? My thoughts have been so messed up, I have had enough disappointment to trump you all, and I still believe he's good. 
because I've tasted it. I've felt him. And he's good. I don't know there's more. I don't know what it's going to look like. I think I'll be splattered across the front of the meeting or something. I'll be, I'll be reduced to the atoms of my very body. But I want it. If I can have it, I want it. I didn't realize how powerful I was. I didn't realize how significant I was. I didn't realize how loved I was. I didn't realize how affectionate he, he was to me. I didn't realize how amazing he'd made me. And that's all okay to say all of that because it's all in the Bible. And one of the reasons we need more encounters is so that these things get deeper into us as a reality, not just as an idea. And our, my hang-ups get hung up. Okay, what last thing? This is meant to be shorter than this. Uh, I got in touch with something just, just the other day. The celebration of dad over me when I have a go. I don't know if you thought about this. But <laughs> he's just so pleased when we have a go. You know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like, okay, pray for that sick person and I'll give you a clap if it works. <laughs> Believe me for money and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to scold you if it does, well done. He's not like that. Hello? He's not like that. He doesn't say, believe me for a miracle, and if you don't get it, bad Christian. You know, what a dumb thing to launch out in faith. That's how we could treat one another. It's like someone stretches out in faith, it doesn't work, we say, you were dumb. And when it does work, you say, you're a hero. That's how it works. That's how, how, certainly, I've experienced it. You launch out in faith and you don't quite make it, or something goes wrong, and everybody goes, oh, you just weren't really in faith. You're such a dumbass. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I did say that in church. <laughs> 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 On the other side, you know, you really stick your neck out, God comes all the way through, and everybody goes, wow, what a hero. Now, that isn't how God is. Yeah. You stick your neck out, and you fall on your face, he goes, that was just amazing. You moved in faith. Because faith pleases God, however it looks. He's the rewarder of those that seek him. If you have, you know, we, we have four kids, and when they learn to walk, man, did we celebrate a step. <laughs> yeah? We didn't go like, you stupid kid. You fell over after one step. Yeah? They would never try again. We'd still have 28-year-olds sitting on their bums shuffling along the floor. <laughs> you didn't walk 50 feet, you stupid idiot. Scold, scold, scold. They'd be like, let's stay on our bums. <laughs> it's not safe to try walking in this house. Because there's a scary parent going to tell us off until we can sprint 100 meters like Usain Bolt. <laughs> I can shuffle my bum pretty fast. <laughs> See, his dad's not like that. He's going, yeah, you laid our hands on a sick person. Go, Andy. He's excited. It didn't work. That's okay. We can work on that next time. We're going to get more of, more of me and less of you. But come on. Let's have another go. He's excited. Mm. He's thrilled. You put more money in the offering than you thought you should because you believe God's going to look after you. He's going, yeah, go church. Yeah. It's never dumb to believe God. It's never dumb to believe God. It's never dumb to believe God. 
it's never dumb to believe God. Never, ever. Even if it doesn't work, it's not dumb. I'll, I'll just close with this. I would much rather keep praying for the sick and have some disappointments than protect ourselves from disappointment by not praying for the sick. I believe we will have more faith even if we have disappointments by going for it. Our faith will grow more powerful by going for it than by protecting ourselves and doing nothing. I think our faith will shrink. Even disappointments can make your faith grow in the context of a loving, affectionate Heavenly Father who's out to do us good. I believe that. I believe it's better, healthier, stronger to go for it. Hallelujah. Okay. I need a time machine. Let, let's stand and let's, let's pray.